media at SAFM with Ashraf Garda. Exploring every media platform and industry. Only on 104 to 107. So that was Sherwin Bryce pieces. It's quite formidable. I mean, get, let's get the titles right here. So a South African from East London went to Rhodes and has two particular titles besides other awards that he's got, right? One is his, the SABC's UN correspondent, so he's based at the United Nations. Then the United Nations has a correspondence association of all the correspondents from around the world who are based there. And the show in Bryce piece is the president. So how's that? Isn't that something we should be celebrating big time? Hope you enjoyed all of that. We'll have the podcast up of the same interview because I know you want to re-listen to it and share it with other people. So do that. We'll have that uh, pretty shortly. We're on Facebook Live as well. Okay, so now you can not just listen, but you can visually see myself and uh, his master's voice. That's Jeremy Sampson. So I'll give a thumbs up, Jeremy. You, may, you want to do the same thing as well. So listen and, and watch as well. And if you're commenting, you can tweet, of course, hashtag media show but you can certainly comment on uh, on facebook live as well i hope you enjoy that once in a while we certainly do that in just new innovations that we that we have to bring in, in and, and technology clearly allows us to do that okay Salo hatang we'll talk to him just now about brand nelson mandela 27 years after 27 as you know yesterday was right but jeremy sampson if i interviewed him a few months ago or a year ago i would talk about interbrand sampson and that sort of thing but let's ignore all of that he's got many other titles but the one that matters here is the director new director of uh, brand finance africa jeremy good chatting to you hi Ashraf, always good to be with you. Thank you. I should have had my wake makeup on this morning. Though. Well, you should well, have warned me. Yeah, <laughs> we'll compensate for that. Yeah, with your with your check shirt, right? Uh, just quickly, one line: Brand Brand Finance Africa. What what is that company about? Brand Finance was started in London twenty two years ago. It was a breakaway from Interbrand. And in fact, Brand Finance and Interbrand are the only two ISO companies for brand valuation. But in London, now it's in 20-odd countries, David Haig, who is the founder and CEO, I worked with him 22, 23 years ago, when in fact we valued SA Breweries for the first time. He was on the Interbrand team from London. So we go back a long way, and they brought out their tables, which they've now done for many, many years. And they're a bunch of accountants, basically, who've now moved into the branding world. So one of the things that doing is crunching the numbers the financial world around the world loves what they're doing and now it's expanding into branding marketing strategy all those good fields okay and we're glad therefore you're going to pronounce on what like a, a brand table right it is, in, it like is the rankings table, yeah? yes Ranking. they basically the tables that were announced in london a week ago and i was over there for it in london a very big affair they ended up having a dinner at the mansion house as you would know that's the home of the lord mayor of london so mm. very ceremonial but the two tables that they announced last week were the global brand rankings the top 500 in the whole world and then the top banking brands now, those two came out last week, and then throughout the whole year will be a series of other rankings. You will love the one on the best football teams in the world, uh, but they do other things like the top stock exchanges. But, but, but the best is purely in numbers, not in how many points they have, just to make the point, isn't it? <laughs> well, it's the numbers, but it's the functional numbers and also the emotional. Uh, the brand strength side is, is really brand equity, and that's your emotional bond. Now, the strongest brand strength rating went to Lego. And uh, in London last week, listening to the chief marketing director of Lego, and she'd flown over from Denmark. A lot of people don't realize Lego is Danish. Mm -hmm. And she spoke for half an hour. 
And here we had the great and the good for this conference with the other top speakers from other fields. The first thing she did was give a little packet of about five pieces of Lego to, <laughs> to all ev- of you guys, to all of us. And she said, right, you have one minute starting now. I want you to make a duck. So we all started making our own version of ducks. And at the end of one minute, she said, hold it up. I want to see what you've done. And that was the start of the session. And, and, and you know, what, is, what is the lesson you know, of, from the Lego point of, of that particular presentation? Well, I think she broke through the icebreaker, call it what you like. Everyone was smiling, as you're smiling, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and uh, everyone had a little bit of fun. And someone would say, oh, look what you've done, or look what I've done, or oh, you're fantastic. And so it broke through that, and that's the emotional bond. And that's why Lego is so, so fun. It's not just for kids. It's for adults. It's for everyone. Everyone can have a little bit of fun. And she was talking how they have 10 major ambassadors who go around the world making these major installations for Lego. And that's one of the ways they promote themselves, market themselves, and stay relevant okay, with young well, people. Well, ask me this. Ask me, what is, Ashraf, what is your favorite toy when you were growing up? Okay, come on, Ashraf, tell us. Lego. Absolutely loved it. Well, you see, I'm older than you. I, I, <laughs> so I had Meccano, yeah. and I missed out. No, it Lego, Lego came later. So I connect with, I resonate with all the things that she, she actually mentioned. Maybe doing a duck was difficult for me, but certainly Lego and building <laughs> homes was just exactly up my alley. Okay, so, so let's then talk about so the, the, the stableist ranking, right? Let's talk about the global brands then, right? So first of all, how are they measured? They're measured through financial data, which is mainly procured from Bloomberg. So Bloomberg collaborate with the brand finance, and it is always done arm's length. So the individual company is not involved in the whole thing. So everything is crunched through, all the numbers come through, and that's the way one pulls it together. Talking a lot to the investment community, one of the speakers the other morning in London was from Morningstar. When we had the banking uh, section, uh, we had the editor of the bank, the banker magazine from the City of London. He spoke for half an hour. He was he was fascinating, uh, because in banking the news is that of the top ten banks, something like five are Chinese. The Chinese banks are coming through more and more strongly, and it is very interesting. And no one's made this point. I think Ashraf, this is breaking news on your program okay. that the biggest Chinese bank happens to be the Chinese bank that has a small shareholding in Standard Bank of South Africa. Uh, And what is that bank called? BCCI. Okay, so BCCI has a share in Standard Bank, and it's the largest Chinese bank. And it's the largest bank in the world. In the world. In the world. Um, Wells Fargo was right up there, and Wells Fargo's had a difficult year. But the American, other American banks, Citibank, JP Morgan, they're they're in the top 10, but they're not at the very top. BCCI is right up at the very top now. Okay. So when we then talk about this this ranking, right, we're not, are we ranking profitability, turnover, or in fact, are we ranking a brand value? That means when you combine a series of stats, you're saying this is what the value of this brand is. And a lot of that value would be emotional value put into it. Am I right? You're, You're absolutely right. This is where you have the financial, discounted cash flow methodology, and the um, emotional side, which is the brand strength, and you put it together. And this is where, you know, we used to joke a few years ago that brands were purely functional and financial. You and I know brands are emotional. You know, the emotion of a Nike, uh, of a Google, um, of a Lego are absolutely huge. So you put it all together. And the big news on the global rankings of all the brands in the world, world is that Apple is no longer number one. It's been number one for five years, and this year it's been deposed by Google. And one One of the main reasons, and of course, when you put out rankings like this, the individual companies love it or they hate it. 
you know, and I have to say there's been quite a lot of interaction, I know, being over there this last week from both Seattle on the one side and Samsung and Seoul <laughs> on the other, you know, saying, how did you get those figures or why have you adjusted it? Why have you changed it? And the big thing about Apple is that it's projected earnings and this is a key aspect, projected earnings over the next three or four years are absolutely flat. You and I know that Apple has been incredible, raising lots of new bars, lots of fantastic new things, but it's flat. Nothing there's new been has nothing, come out. There's been no great yes. innovation. And that's the reason, time, yeah. whereas Google is still going incredibly strongly, and the cash flow that Google is generating as a company is absolutely amazing, as is Amazon, as is Facebook. So one would factor all that in. Okay, we're watching, we're watching, you watching on, on Facebook Live. Do feel free to comment if you are listening as you would expect. I would expect you on just radio. Uh, in fact, you can do both. SMSs, welcome, 34701. Tweets to hashtag media show. Tweets to me, Ashraf Garda. Tweets to SFM Radio. Love to always connect with you. So, so number one then is, is Google, right? Number That's two? Right. Number two is Apple. Okay, Google, what, what sort of value do you put a value to it? Google is about 109.47. Let me get it right. 109.47. So that's $109 billion. $109. Tobacco, uh, you better just put the camera on me. I need to say this slowly. $109 billion. Not million. $109 billion. Not reds. Okay, go ahead. Now, just as a total aside, you and I were talking, what, 18 months ago about the problems of Volkswagen. If I tell you at the moment Volkswagen has paid out 24 billion US dollars in payments just in the States to wow. get on the right side of the law. But Apple is, we say, 109. Um, you look at um, rather 107, and then Amazon is the next. And all of them are over 100 billion. Now, it's a cluster at the top, and it's these so called fangs, you know, f Facebook. Amazon, etc. These tech brands that have come up. Go tech and communication. I mean, there's, there's exactly. something very, exactly. very common. Now, go back a few years. Coca-Cola was at the top for many, many years with IBM. Uh, and both of those have dropped right down. It's these new techie brands. And Facebook is going an absolute storm, as we know. You've mentioned it already. Because all of us, it touches our lives. Google, Facebook, Amazon, absolutely incredible. Okay. So that's the three. Uh, just maybe run through the top ten very quickly. Right. So you have Google, Amazon, uh, Apple, you have uh, AT&T, as you say, communications. Microsoft is still incredibly strong. It's almost an ingredient, an embedded brand as well. Then number six is Samsung. And despite Samsung's difficult year, its value has gone up 13%. And then Verizon, retailer Walmart, Facebook, the brand. And then that bank we talked about, ICBC, that Chinese bank. And that has a value as a bank of over $47 billion. Yeah, But you can wow. see number 10 is 47 Number one is $109 billion. So the range already is huge. It's massive, absolutely. Right. Is, is there anything that, is, that, that surprises you in that list? I think a lot of people thought that Apple might be slipping away, mm. but I think they're surprised that they actually have now slipped away. After all, five years on top, it is an incredible brand. But as people say, it's arguably the best marketing company in the whole world, the premium it gets for its brand. But this is where uh, Samsung is in the middle space, as it were, and it's the Chinese, again, coming up, Huawei and brands like that, which are very, very strong, and they're eating away, and they're much, much cheaper. Now, when you compare the price of what you're 
your Apple packages with Huawei or one of those, it's actually very, very significant. Mm. Coca-Cola, where, where do they appear? I don't know, but they're down the lines. Okay, they're, so it's not even in the top 10, clearly. No, oh, no, no, no. Wow. It's around, I think it's probably, I'm guessing, 18 or 19, but it's down in that level. But this is where you can go onto the brand finance website. Uh, there will be the top 500 brands, and you'll be able to see exactly where your favorite brand is fitting in. Is it going up or down, and what is its value? All right, what about South African brands? What about African brands? Well, that's a very good question. And, and, and often, um, you know, I was criticized in a previous life and criticized in this one, where are the African brands? Mm. And for a couple of years, MTN was there. But sadly, this year, no. There is no African brand in the tables this year. MTN, when you think about it, has had a horrific year, mm. absolutely mm. horrific. You know, anyone who trusted them, I, I see, I think it's in Finweek, there's an article this week about which brands do you trust? And this is coming from a financial analyst, Simon Brown, where yeah, he says, wow. MTN have broken my trust. As a share, they're now, I think, half of what they were two or three years ago. So MTN is out, and there are no other close contenders. So that's incredibly sad. If you go to the banking top 500, then, whoa, all our top banks are there. Yes, they might be down around the 300, 300. So where, where are they? I, mean, I know FNB won best sort of tech bank in the year a couple of years ago at the time when Michael Jordan was the head there, right? Where, 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 where does FNB fit in? FNB is still the strongest and its brand strength is incredibly strong. Uh, but I think, in fact, the top brand is Standard and then ABSA, FNB drop down a little bit and there's Investec okay. and then there's uh, but, but where do they Capitec. fit in more or less? They're round about the 320 yeah. mark. So That's where well they start. Oh yes, they're still fantastic. <laughs> that's where they start. And RMB has done incredibly well. Uh, but one bank that's done badly is, is Econet. Now, when you actually think about Nedbank is buying into, as I understand, Econet. So that affects Nedbank. As we've said, Standard Bank has a Chinese mm, bank. Mm, so this mm. is where everything is becoming more and more global. ABSA, we know, apart from the Barclays issues, has got huge internal issues. And look, when you banking, look at the banking sector in South Africa at the moment, the way they seem to be having more and more, shall we say, drama with government and the ruling bodies, mm, mm. who would invest in banks at the moment? Yeah, good point. But perhaps it's a, we, we're going to get hold of Salah Dang just now um, from well, the Nelson Mandela Foundation. Brand, brand Mandela, I mean, is, is there a list of, of individual brands? No. I digress, I know, but it's just something that I'd love to just touch on. Is there something like that? But, but you know, that's a very interesting question because, you know, we only really became conscious of personal brands 20, 30 years ago. Uh, and we know that the strongest personal brand in Africa is Nelson Mandela. I think by some rankings, it's been the strongest brand in the world um, over some years um, but you don't actually rank those um, you know in the studio you know in another life Jeremy Maggs kept on saying what's the financial value and I'd say it's yeah. priceless yeah. Um, yeah. because people die as we know and, and, and things change now I find it fascinating of the pop stars you know we've heard in the last couple of weeks Michael Jackson is now making more money dead than alive um, and this is where even pop stars like Elvis Presley yeah, once yeah. they're dead their legacy of money uh, keeps on rolling because of the music Mm-hmm. All right. What, what about, um, and, and maybe just as, as we wrap up then, just, just some lessons to learn. As you know on the show, what we like is to talk on a macro level with big companies uh, and people in the marketing and advertising space, but certainly people in the, with, with the corner store around the, you know, around the, the corner, um, starting with their own small businesses, and there are valuable marketing <coughs> lessons they can learn. So, so some, just some brand lessons they can learn outside the actual product so they can grow their brand. 
I think the first thing is to remember that everything becomes brandable. And brands, as we've seen, can generate huge value. So anything you do, whether you start a communications company, whether you're selling some sort of widget, you have to trademark it. If you don't trademark it, you don't own it. So that's almost the first stage. So what's the name so wait, you use? One, you must trademark. You must trademark, but then you've got to have something to trademark. So what is your name? Do you have a logo or a visual? And that name must travel, you know, because nowadays we don't just talk South Africa. You know, you can remember 20, 30 years ago where you talked about Cape Town brands mm. versus Joburg brands. Now you can have an instant global brand because of the Internet. So you've got to make sure it doesn't have a name that means something rude uh, in another language that can travel. So you need to take cognizance of that All of what that. is what is acceptable in in in, an Eng, in in south africa in english if it travels into the territories that that it may grow you need to be aware that it may not be well, exactly problematic. You, you might in choose. advance well before you become bigger absolutely because mm. you might choose an african name but then no one out of africa can spell it and then they're going to have problems contacting you so you've got to have a name that people can understand can be registered can be trademark because people forget you need a trademark you need a website and you need a company Fascinating. Well, what about just uh, that issue of brand reputation that you know you made the mention about about MTN and how quickly it can it can drop off, right? What, what advice can you give brands about about managing the reputation? I mean, besides the product that they would deliver every day, which is really their problem, but from from a communication line, how should they communicate their brand on a on a daily basis? Well, one of the main slides I use in my presentations, and I'm doing more and more public speaking now, is Warren Buffett, you know, who's now 85, Berkshire Hathaway, where he says it takes 20 years to build a reputation and it takes five minutes to destroy it. And he said that about 10 years ago. And of course, today he's wrong. But you can't destroy a brand in five minutes. You can destroy it in 10 seconds. In 140 seconds. characters, maybe. Yeah. Exactly. So that's the point. You're actually spot on the money. So between Twitter and whatever, you've got to, be, you've got to watch all your touch points all the time, 24-7. Because otherwise, you're smiling, but we could start talking here about brands that have got to serious trouble. And look, things change. You know. Donald Trump is changing the world as we speak. The whole world, as your previous interview, which is fascinating, socio-economically, things are changing. But Donald Trump is issuing, you know, as the commander-in-chief of the biggest country in the world, he's issuing commands at 2 o'clock in the morning on Twitter in less than 140 Absolutely. characters. Yeah. And that is changing everything. Now, company shares are going up and down because of him. Speaking to colleagues in Mexico at Brown Finance last week, they're saying doing business out of Mexico at the moment is crazy because the peso is going up and down depending on what Donald Trump is saying. <laughs> Overnight, yeah. So that's where brands are global. Everything fits together. Oh, what is to respond? It's, it's incredibly exciting, incredibly challenging as well. Perhaps you have your own ideas about how you grow your brand and how you actually brand communicate. Jeremy uh, Sampson, thanks for your time. Great chatting to you. It's been a while. Ashraf, as always. Thank Absolutely. You. Now the new director of brand finance. In fact, Jeremy, just one last thing. Are you able to tweet some of the links to all that you've just mentioned here. Yeah. I'll tweet through to you, Brand Finance. Please, please, that'll be absolutely great to do that. Okay, Salo Hatang, we can't get hold of Salo. We'd love to have chatted him, but I will just mention this year um, about the brand Nelson Mandela. So, to, last yesterday was 27 years to the day that he was released after spending 27 years in, in prison. And it's interesting because maybe we'll chat to, to Salo some other time. I know he was climbing uh, a mountain in the Drakensberg and he messaged me earlier, but how they've grown the, the, the Mandela brand and ensure that by and large, 
they've they've maintained and retained the integrity of the legacy, uh, but at the same time, certainly leveraging off that. There's really nothing wrong with leveraging, as as uh, Tobi Moraki made the point uh, earlier on, or Kaiser Chiefs also did. But some really important lessons to learn about the Mandela brand, and perhaps you can give me your thoughts on on brand Mandela and lessons to learn from how the legacy of the brand has grown even in his absence now. Perhaps some thoughts there. Hashtag media show.